Welcome to the first episode of Gin and Gentlemen, um, with me, Eleanor Harkstead, bringing the gin. And attended by a phalanx of gentlemen, Catherine Curzon. So are, there, are there enough chairs for them, Catherine? Are we all right? They can stand. They can, the, 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 I, I have space on my knee for two. <laughs> That's a very generous knee you're offering. <laughs> well, two well, good they, friends. If they're quite little, it's all right. <laughs> two little fellows. <laughs> Dudley Moore and a Diddy Man, Action Man and GI Joe. But I think I think possibly the 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 the, the Napoleonic War Action Man, preferably. Please. Do you think? Yeah. Just to keep it on topic because we've already gone way off. Well, yes. Anyway, so so for those of you who don't know us, or those of you who do, um, Catherine and I uh, write together, don't we, Catherine? We do. Um, we do. yes. We write all manner of saucy treats. Yes. Um, so if so, if you haven't heard, we, we had five titles out in 2018, um, two novels and three short stories. And then uh, 2019, and it is now 2019, uh, we have no less than uh, three novels and two short stories out. So so that's so we're, we're terribly busy, aren't we? We're always very busy and we are most known, I think, for our Captivating Captain series yes. from Pride. But this year... We're also going to be launching our De Chastelaine Chronicles with Totally Entwined. So yes. it's a bit different. Yes, and it's it's historical paranormal with a yes. lady and a chap. A lady and a chap. I don't know, is, is Raph De Chastelaine a chap? Sort of. He's a chap when he wants to be, but otherwise he's a bloke. He's a bloke. A Yorkshire bloke. Yes. So... Um, what we thought we'd do for our first podcast was to answer some of the questions that we're frequently asked because people do find it rather strange that we write together. Um, <laughs> strange. <laughs> and it's odd because it's one of those things where, where you see on, on television there's, there's been various writing partners who do very, who, who write, doing sitcoms together and things. And, 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 and in fact, not just partners, like I think something like The Simpsons or Friends has like massive rooms full of people mm. writing. Um, but for writing fiction, like a short story or a novel, people find quite odd with it being done uh, more than one person. So Yeah, and I think as well, because we don't actually live anywhere near each other, <laughs> that I think that kind of throws people too. So we don't sit in a room and write. No, no. But we have I mean, our for, own methods, for... which we'll be going into. We, we do indeed. So how do we do it? How do we do it? <laughs> Where do we do it? How did we get started on it, Helen? Um, well, there, therein lies a tale. Um, we, we both write non-fiction too, and um, that's really how we knew each other, because we had the same um, non-fiction publisher. And I think we were lamenting something about reviewers, weren't we, one day? Like... Um, yes, I think, actually, I because we both write for Pen and Sword, and you, of course, write true crime. Well, yes. you write Victorian true crime, specifically. Yes. And I write 18th century scandal, royals and things like that. And I believe that I had reviewed one of your books for a magazine. Yes. And I think I told you because it was a nice review. Yeah, and I just had a bad have, one. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have a byline on it. And I don't think we really knew each other at the time, other than just in passing sort of on Facebook. Yeah. And I think I just said to you, oh, there's a nice review in All About History, I think. Mm. And I wrote it because basically you can now say thank you and make me feel good about myself. <laughs> on this quiet Friday evening. Yes. 
And so, I think, yes, you had had a not-so-kind review. Yes. And yes. You, you launched... You launched into your feelings about the review, and I was like, "Ooh, yes, crack I think open you, a bottle into into a, your feelings about a, a review as well." I did, I did, um, and that was kind of, and then from that, and I don't quite know how we ended up talking about, uh, well, basically chaps being saucy together. Um, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and as well, I mean, I had um, another co-writer who had gone on maternity leave, and she was pursuing going to be pursuing other projects obviously as well as she had been before and she I think she'd only been on maternity leave a short time and I was feeling a little bit <gasps> I all where is where of where has my writing world gone and I think we were talking about that and I said to you it feels really strange now because you mm. go from having a collaboration to suddenly being just you mm. and I think we sort of like trod carefully around each other for a bit yes and then said, shall we, shall we have a go? Yes. And, and, and I had some on. fevered, fevered idea. I couldn't get to sleep and had this idea. <laughs> you did. And I woke up the next morning to like, very welcome, but like a novel on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> and I was looking at it because I saw this many messages. I thought, oh my God, you know, something terrible has happened. She had a, she had a breakdown. Like, something had terrible actually, has happened, but... <laughs> but it's not so terrible that whoever it is didn't contact me over Messenger. <laughs> so it's not that terrible and then I was reading I thought oh, oh she's as bad as I am we're gonna be all right <laughs> and yes. from there from that little acorn a sort of very uh, saucy uh, collaborate not between us very saucy but a very saucy fictional world was created out of which came the captivating captains yes and uh, yes so so basically it was a sort of saucy gondor wasn't it saucy so, gondor so for yeah. those of you who've never heard of the brontes before <laughs> that means you don't live where i do or they drum you out of the village <laughs> that the, it's that they used to have Anne and uh, Anne and emily bronte had gondor and charlotte and um branwell had angrier and they were like sort of worlds that they would write stories mm. they had characters in and they these were and they'd write stories and from what has remained of An angry and gondol it's possible to kind of track the fact that a lot of the ideas that ended up in their published fiction started off in angry and gondol so mm. there we go except possibly there wasn't as much boffing <laughs> angry and gondol as there is in are people going to know what we mean when we say boffing well we're british so well, boffing uh, is <laughs> sexual congress sexual yeah. congress so no, sexual congress Ooh. sexual congress so we um yes uh but our gondol is set was set because it's now not it's now novels but our gondol was set in manchester yes. which is perhaps slightly less magical i don't know depending <laughs> on what you do when you get there or where you go when you get there um and without giving away too much of our saucy gondol because you know, we might need bits of it. And it's magical and it can't be spoiled. It's so. magical. <laughs> but we um, we used that as quite, I think, quite by accident. We pretty quickly realised that what had started off without any direction at all, mm. just kind of testing if we could actually write together, if our styles fit together, if we as people could actually collaborate. Mm. Um, it pretty swiftly became apparent that we actually had 
a really strong plot line in there but i think in that book it, it related to um the gulf war i think i think it was a backstory set in the gulf war that eventually became an unrecognizable sort of seed for yeah. the captain and the cavalry trooper yes because one of the one of the people in gondol had been a captain in the army yes um so it drew in gondol. things like my my brother was in the army so mm. so there were various stories that he told me which i won't repeat <laughs> um, <laughs> but they find their way into the stories sometimes i think okay, there, there is a very funny one which i can t- i can tell and it's clean um they went on um, nighttime maneuvers so there was my brother and his other troopers and a captain and they had to go into a forest and there was no light in the forest and they all had to bivouac in ditches and one of his friends had had to answer the call of nature in the middle of the night so he got out of his bivouac went off in the pitch dark trying to find somewhere to go and hope I mean luckily he didn't relieve the call of nature on on a fellow uh, trooper but um, <laughs> he tried to find his bivouac in the dark and he couldn't find it so he just sort of like oh this will do and he got in and there was another there was another soldier there he sort of snuggled in and went to sleep and in the morning he woke up and realized he'd he'd got in in the bivouac with the captain oh <laughs> and so the best conversation ever happened good morning trooper good morning captain <laughs> <laughs> and nothing uh, nothing more was said so how is that not a short story have we not written that into a <laughs> and so, i think possibly because that that they, it wouldn't end just with them saying good morning very curtly to each other we'd be very disappointed if it did end with that where's the rest of the story yeah i know you'd be like hang on hang about so he got in you know you got in the wrong ten, and that's the end. What? Yeah, but 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 there's so much in that. Good morning, trooper. Good morning, captain. There's there's so much in that, isn't there? That, that a writer will pounce on <laughs> and make terribly saucy. So that's so yeah. You think maybe our listeners, if there are any, <laughs> heard it here first. Yeah, that may become a short <laughs> story. So we're copyright us, but copyright gin and gentlemen. Yeah. Somebody getting in the wrong tent. The, the captain saucy bivouac. <laughs> captain saucy bivouac. I love that. I love the word bivouac. But but actually, they, there you go, listeners. That that is pretty much how Catherine and me often come up with ideas for things. It's like oh, this funny thing happened, or this weird thing happened. This weird or, thing. Yeah, and sometimes that can lead into a story. So yeah, yes, it can. Or and, even um, for us, something as completely bizarre as seeing. You know, like a really nicely cut suit and mm. going, oh, I can just imagine this, you know, because anyone that knows me knows I like an older man. <laughs> really? Like, really like an older man. But I can imagine, oh, the sort of chap who'd wear that. Mm. And then from that, again, little seed comes yes. a great oak tree. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, a great <laughs> solid oak of boffing and drama. Yes, but in- I, I, I need to unzip my hoodie, but it's going to give a zip sound effect that's going to sound a bit rude. So I'm Ooh. just warning everyone, it's it's a hoodie. It's not that exciting. I feel like I should go, Helen, what are you doing? Put them away. <laughs> Matron, put them away. <laughs> just fulfilling the English stereotype there of doing a Kenneth Williams impression. <laughs> but in terms of how we actually write, I've had quite a few people ask me, what's the actual, what's the process? How do you actually mechanically if you like, sit down and write a book together. And we use, well, we use Google Drive, but obviously other file sharing options are available. 
um and we essentially we we start with a plot which we we've tried to not have a plot and it always ends in tears yes sometimes literally (laughs) we start we can laugh now it's all right now we can can laugh laugh now (laughs) we start with um usually a very basic idea it's a story about so captain cavalry trooper it's a story about not a captain but it's a story about um a young trooper who arrives a chateau in world war one and meets a dashing but broody captain and obviously sparks fly um and then from there we'll spend usually hours and hours and hours on skype and again other options are available and just eventually build up on google drive um it's a few pages usually isn't it synopsis with everything in it all the beats of the plot Mm. um and then we know what's going to happen exactly you know the progression there's always room to move things around and to put new things in which we always do as we go Mm. but to us i think it's important to have those build especially when there's two of you it's important that you can both see what's ahead i think yeah i think because what normally happens is writers often fall into two camps um (laughs) not not, not, not just literal camp (laughs) the bivouac is is in the it's just outside the camp bivouac Yeah, so, so the there's one camp of people called plotters, and I think we're probably plotters, which makes us oh, yeah. sound like we're hanging out with Guy Fawkes or something. Um, and then there's pantsers. Um, they're nothing to do with uh, tank regiments. Um, they 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 fly by the seat of their pants, <laughs> like 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 you know like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. I've never well, never pants. seen it. Have you not? It, it's, no. It's very interesting in terms of in terms of where beats should fall in a in in a romance actually. But Is it that for another time, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. That's that's a podcast of films Catherine's never seen, and people get really shocked. <laughs> never seen Dirty Dancing or The Matrix. Never seen Titanic. Oh my god! Oh no, I've never seen The Matrix actually. No. I've seen the musical of Titanic. It was great. It was. <laughs> it was weird. great. And before I went in, no, no, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's really dark. And before we went to see it, um, we went to the restaurant in a theatre and they actually served a replica menu of the menu served on Titanic on the last voyage, on the last day. Oh, my God. So we dined heartily. And on then we went and... What, no, it's a first-class menu. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> then we went and watched a musical recreation of the sinking of Titanic. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. But I have, I have told you about my, um, my, my relative who was... Two of my relatives were on the Titanic and they were both stewards and one died and the other didn't. Mm. And the one who survived ended up married to this very wealthy lady. Um, and I think I like to think that they met while he was a steward on a boat and they were talking and, and it, maybe there was a storm. And, and then she, he, he said something like, oh, yes, I, I was on a storm. I was in a I've been in a sinking before. Which which sinking was that? Oh, you, you, you might have heard of it. It was the Titanic. And then they have some sort of clinch. Did he look off sort of like bravely? Square jawed. I think he did. Is it, was, and it, was he played by Richard Todd? <laughs> Probably. Richard Todd and Celia Johnson. Yeah, and 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 there was there is apparently there's some book about the Titanic where where he's rumored to have had a gun on the Titanic. I wonder what you're going to say there. Let me through. It's rumored <laughs> to have a gun that shot icebergs. Yeah, I can save us all. Oh no, Celia Dion's on this. So on this sorry, boat. Celia. Let me, let me but, get the bring, Bringing it back onto topic, Helen. Oh yeah, what was I talking about? This oh, yes. is why we have to have a plot. 
Yeah. So this is why we have to have a plot because because it can just go off. So so there are people like writers who plot often they don't have to do as much editing afterwards. Writers who who fly by the seat of their pants. Um, other forms of clothing are available. Um, they do quite a lot of editing afterwards. And I think for writing together, if you were pantsers, you would have uh, it would just be terrifying there would be cars crashing planes falling from the sky dogs barking glass smashing just principal characters killed off and say well i thought you knew i was going to kill him off yeah i, was I like, didn't oh, know that. you were going to marry him to your heroine I, know, I just i just felt that at that moment that character just needed to die yeah Partly yeah I just had a row with my boyfriend and i need to get my rage out somehow <laughs> so. Ooh, oh things oh. just turned that took a dark turn <laughs> did didn't it no that doesn't that that's not something that we do that's on a government watch list yeah because we plot we don't need to do that so no we don't so we we have our plot and then we essentially we have a google drive doc that is the store the manuscript yep and we leave skype behind and we spend many hours of our lives when we're not doing other bits of work and writing um writing our novels Mm. and And we just because it's online you can just do it wherever so so when i'm um, going to work i do i I sort of check in write something mm. uh at lunchtime on my phone so i'm often on my phone and i think people you know people go oh, the people on the phones it's like i'm yeah. writing a novel i think so the fun. thing is as well the funny thing is that when you be, say you know um i go to a football match or you go out or something that as you want to go in and write because you're thinking oh especially if it's a really dramatic moment you're like oh my gosh i've left them in a terrible position Mm. but then equally if the other person's away you're kind of like oh get back from your meal out get back from getting married stop <laughs> your life dare you have a life you... but it is these addictive. people it is it is uh, uh, yeah yeah it is it's is like oh what's the next and you're feeding off each other all the time as well so it's like you know that a lot and, and that's the other mm. way with write as well which i think some people find find a bit odd is that some people write a chapter at a time like one person writes one chapter one mm. person writes the other chapter and then some people who do that will also then mm. kind of go in and edit the other person's chapter i don't know i think we'd probably come to blows if we did that <laughs> oh no yeah i remember once um, my husband read something that i'd written um and he changed two words oh, no. And we were like, you know, I'm on the verge of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we don't yeah do I think, I mean, I have, I don't know if you've noticed, you might have noticed, but if I'm reading through and I notice something where it's clearly just a typing error, misspell, what, sometimes if I'm feeling generous, I'll go in and change it. I'm glad you said um, that because I do that with yours as well sometimes. <laughs> but not always. Sometimes, I can't do sometimes you're in the flow of just reading what you've written. Exactly, and you don't spot it. Uh, yeah, um, but it's, and I think as well, what makes it particularly, what I really enjoy is because we do, if you like, divvy up the characters. So we don't, apart from some background characters, but we don't share characters. No. So I think you've said before that when the two characters are having a conversation, then it's, it is two, two very, you know, we have a lot of things in common, but we also have very different personalities. Mm. So two very different personalities with very different voices for those characters. Mm having a conversation yeah so 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 if you're curious should we say who, who which who we wrote in a couple of the books we can people always get it wrong okay so in the captain and the cavalry trooper i wrote jack and Catherine wrote the lovely thorn lovely captain thorn the lovely i captain also thorn. wrote Bryn and wilfred and Catherine wrote queenie 
I did. I loved writing Queenie. And and the the braying. What was he? A colonel or a brigadier? This general. But Ed, we shared Ed. We shared Ed. Yeah, we did. And this was partly practical because there's there were scenes where Ed Ed was probably having more of a conversation with Jack than he was with. Mm. Um, or, or there was there are scenes where where it's Queenie and Ed together. Yeah. Yeah, as pleasant as that was. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, so, so it was, but but the really weird thing about that is, like, obviously we 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 know we start off knowing who who's writing what, mm. but then looking back, sometimes it's like, did I write that? Or did yeah, that? I can't tell. That's very true. And when we've had um, moving along from that, which is very similar, when we get our edits back from Pride or you know wherever, it, or um, usually we have we take turns to edit so one will go through and you know pick up all the the nitty-gritty if you like you know like the little changes in punctuation whatnot and sometimes though our editor will make suggestions for changes Mm -hmm. and if they're my passages and my characters and ask for a change I can make it but sometimes I'll say oh that's a piece of Helen's dialogue I'm not going to change that and it goes to you or vice versa it goes to me and you'll say to me no no you wrote that no, no, I didn't. You've left a bit. <laughs> no, I'm no. That's my, that's yours. You wrote that, and I think that's one of the biggest compliments is that people that have read them can't see a join, mm. and but they are very, very, if you like, they're two halves that we do take turns to write, and we don't write a line each, but we'll write you know a chunk of text. But mm. I don't think you can see the join at all. I th- I would agree with that. Yeah, so so that's always that's always a a pleasing um, mm. moment, I think. When 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 I always have a moment of ah, it's like it's like you can't. There's no curtain to lift up and see the little man behind, like in Wizard of Oz. No, there is no man behind the curtain unless you look at the track changes in um, then <laughs> docks. There what are people behind the curtain. Who wrote this bit? Who did this? Who did this? She did this. <laughs> Um, there is that other question that we get asked: Is um, do you do do you do you fall out? Do, do we, we fall out, Helen? Sometimes I yeah. do. I don't. I never. I have a non-falling out policy. <laughs> I well, you know this because my policy is. I think I know how frustrating it is because I'm married. You know, I know. He's telling me I'm not engaging with this. <laughs> That'll be familiar. Yeah. I think we don't. That sometimes. Um, and I think you can probably tell as well, because I can certainly tell you, that you can tell when somebody suggested something and your co-writer doesn't like it. <laughs> but it's going with it. And you know that it's best to sort it now, because otherwise two weeks down the line, they're going to go, I never liked that anyway. And now we've written 20,000 words. Yeah, that, that subplot's killed everything. <laughs> and I didn't want to put that in. And yeah, we do. We fall out. Yes, but I think communicating is the way to get over that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think that even our biggest fallings out, which have been not fall, you know, we don't shout and scream and swear, but no. it's more a kind of war of attrition. Yeah. Um, so we, I think it would be unnatural. I don't really genuinely don't know any collaboration through, you know, music, whatever, where there aren't times where they've fallen out. And we know some of the most famous duos hated each other. Mm. Um, but we don't well I don't think we do we don't hate each other Um, but I think yeah you're right and sometimes the answer is well we're not going to put it in at all and I think it was I think it was more common wise you had that policy that if one of them didn't think a sketch was funny they just didn't put it in Mm. 
Um, and sometimes you do have to say that's not going to work because it's such a sticking point. But I think if something is that much of a sticking point, then potentially it's not going to work anyway. There is a fundamental problem. Yeah, I think I think in another in another slightly roundabout way, like sometimes you might suggest mm. something, and I'll be like, I won't be sold on it straight away, but I'll mm. think, I'll think, let's give it a go and just see where it what happens. Yeah, I think so, and I think there are times, and I know for a fact there are times when I've almost become like you know the used car salesman, <laughs> sort of going, but look at it, it's a lovely little runner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just think about it when she's cleaned up, polished, backed inside, yeah. and. I think on the times that that's happened, it has actually gone all right. Yes, I think. Um, yeah, and I think that the main thing is that also, I think you do have to be quite honest because, yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's hard to say, but I think that you can't necessarily you have to put your ego aside, but you equally can't necessarily pussyfoot around. That sometimes you have to explicitly say that's not going to work, or you know, I don't like that idea. But it's not, I don't like you. It's like that particular idea. The same way that any solo writer has ideas and then goes, actually, no, you know, it's not going to work. The difference is here, you have to have that moment where you have to say to someone else, that idea that you obviously really love, it's not going to work. But it doesn't mean it's never going to work. It just means here. Yeah. And there's sort of ideas, things that might come up in, like, we perhaps can't do this now, and then we might think, well, maybe not. And it's something that could be useful for something excuse me yeah unless it's you know unless it's something really really awful (laughs) yeah i don't think when i think back i can't think of many ideas that have got vetoed from a project and haven't been used again and i think there are a couple um that we've possibly vetoed and have actually gone on to become full-on short stories or novels or will be in the future themselves And sometimes it might be that an idea is almost too big to be a subplot or to be a chapter. You think that's actually too good an idea that deserves a whole book. Yeah, which is what's sort of happened with one with one of the novels that's out later this year. Um, Can we can we can we reveal that? I suppose we could, couldn't we? Yeah, go on. Okay, so um, the captain in the theatrical is is a regency or i suppose a sort of georgian farce essentially it's a regency um, yeah post waterloo yes yeah, so so he yeah so it's it's really and we'd started writing it and it's one of those problems that that georgian gents that wealthy georgian gents are just so wealthy that in a sense they don't actually have any conflict to deal with because they can just do whatever the heck they like mm. um until they until they die of something unpleasant mm. um and uh, before anyone says well, Catherine should know that's not entirely true because she's a Georgian. So they do have conflict, mm. but not the type that we were looking for to fuel the novel. Yes, yes, in, term, they, in, terms, of like a, in terms of a novel. Um, yes. yes, that's, that's what it is. Um, so we, we sort of came up with a subplot and we loved this subplot and we loved the characters from the subplot and we loved them so much that they basically took over the book. <laughs> so, it became uh, a two-half book, didn't it? Yeah. So... so yeah. out they came yeah so they're no longer and in a way i felt quite sad that we'd taken them out of that world because it's like oh no no the cap- the captain and the theatrical have lost their friends now but me putting on my used car salesman hat <laughs> um i tend to view it more diff- differently which is this is now going to be this can be a story on its own hmm. and there's no reason i mean not literally on the page but i very much think of our stories existing whether they're set in 1815 or 2018 they're in the same world so 
if those characters in 2018 looked back in 2018-15, they would see that sto- those people were real. Yeah. So and they're related to each other, aren't they? And yeah. Like, we've got secret genealogies of secret characters. Genealogies. So those characters that were taken out, there's within their world, they'll still know those people that they interacted with. We might not see it on the page, but in my head, which yeah. is quite a fevered place sometimes, <laughs> they <laughs> they know each other. Yeah. So, and I think to me, the idea of it being a world mm. that, although no, the reader might not ever see that on the page, that I love reading a book or a series of books where I go, oh, that's that's all one world. I can believe those characters, and I don't mean you know fantasy world. I mean like, but I can believe those characters are existing at the same place as those. We have we have actually done that with um, with one of the short stories that's out later um, this year. Um, it's set in the village of um, Longley Magna. Yeah. And if you've read The Captain and the Cricketer, then you'll know um, that that's set in the village of Longley Parva. Mm. So, so, so they're, they're sort of neighbours, although the yeah. characters don't actually meet each other. Um, but it's, it's like for anyone who's, you know, if you're paying attention, and also if you've listened to this podcast and I've just given it away, um, then you'll, <laughs> you'll know, you'll be like, oh, I know oh, that. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So they could hop in their car and drive five yeah, miles and... Go and- Go and see George. Yeah, or have a have a horse gallop yeah. through their garden. Have a gallop, yeah. George, your, your, your horse has escaped. Go on, go find them. Go Can on. you send the pet in his tweed, please? Yeah. Yes, in his in his good tweed, please. <laughs> so, what what else do we get asked, Mrs. Helen? Where do you get your ideas from? We've kind of covered, haven't We've, we? We have covered that. So to some extent <laughs> sometimes it's i mean actually i mean in a way although it's a terribly boring question in some respects it, it's it, the answers actually can be quite interesting because sometimes it's like catherine will go um sorry i've i've spent all day having the flu and i've had a fever and while i was having the, the fever i had this idea for a story i did i did what was there was the one where i had a fever dream and i can't remember what it was but the plot was so clear that i actually mm. had to google to make sure no one had written it do you remember Yes. 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 And I can't remember now which one that was, but it was really good when we realised they hadn't because it's like, great, we've got a full plot. Yeah. So that's, let's go write it. That might actually have been the Ghost Garden. It might have been. Was it? Was it also one that hasn't been published yet and that we're trying to find a publisher for? She says without saying what the title is. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, actually, it was. Yeah. You're right. It was because I have um, I have food allergies, and sometimes when I have food allergies, I have some very weird sleep patterns. And I get really plotty when I do. <laughs> so I'm like, Talon, here's 10 plot, pick one. It's yeah. just kind of like, they're like backed into the corner going, well, oh my God. <laughs> we see, I think in a way, I mean, I, I tend to be quite sceny. So I see like scenes really, really clearly. I thought you said really maybe, And maybe that's how we write together quite well, because I, I'm, I always think I'm focusing on the detail, Tim. I'm like, you do. Scope, whereas you're just going, why are you worrying about that? Do you remember um, when we sent some characters to an Italian? And you were looking at Italian menus. Oh yes. And, and I you was saying really to... I did. I said, Why are you looking at Italian menus? It's made up. <laughs> we can make up our own Italian menu. We don't have to go with that Italian menu. <laughs> and I think I may have even said to Rick, Helen's researching Italian menus. But we hadn't been writing together very long then. Mm. <laughs> Whereas now I would just like instead of going, What instead of being enthusiastic going, Yeah, Italian menus, I'd say, Why are you looking at Italian menus? Yeah. I mean, by all means do look at Italian menus, but it's like I'll say to Rick when he's reading something out from the internet to me, I'm cut out, read it in your head. <laughs> <laughs> and we both do it. It's not by no means me saying I don't, because I know that. 
I, I well aware that I probably send you far more photographs of <laughs> silky dressing gowns for characters to wear and uniforms that I'm going to put Captain Thorn in. See, I don't that at all. I'm I'm happy. Quite like I mean, that. I'm happy. I mean there was there was a time when I was I was walking to work one morning and actually, oh, actually fell over and tore something in my leg and landed in a landed in a hedge. Um because oh, a picture of an attractive chap. <laughs> and I, and I, I was so focused on the attractive chap that I didn't notice a pothole in the pavement. Are you gonna take me on Judge Judy and sue me? <laughs> he was an attractive chap though, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was. Mm. <laughs> Very much my anyone that knows me would be able to pretty much guess he's gonna be one of three, but I'm not gonna give away who. Um But yeah, so we get our ideas from the weirdest places. And sometimes I'm not gonna go into detail on this because we're still writing it, but mm. we're writing at the moment something completely new for us, which is a country house murder mystery set at the turn of the century mm-hmm. in the Victorian era. And this literally came about because a chap that I'm rather fond of <laughs> has been in a drama in a very, very small role. And I said to you, oh, why can't he be the star? I just want to watch him going around big houses solving crimes. Yeah, and then we just went, hang on a minute. A minute. <laughs> <laughs> and from, again, a little seed, yeah. we have Sir Monty. Yes. And... I won't say because she's your character. You might not want me to say. Dr. Dorothea. Dr. Dorothea. Um, off, off accidentally solving crimes. Yes. And we, we're midway through that now and it's, I'm loving it personally. I think, and, and what's quite good as well is that like, my, my background in Victorian true crime is useful for that, obviously, and your background in sort of how, how, what posh people do at <laughs> dinner. <laughs> because I am one. No, not because of that, but yeah, because of <laughs> Because we always had dinner in the country house at seven, but, yes. but yeah, it... yes, Catherine lives in a Palladian mansion. In case you're wondering, it's true. I do, I do, for my sins with a dowager countess. <laughs> um, but it is we we do have very complementary, as you say, interests, mm. and we have um, what I always jokingly refer to as the mood board, oh, yes. which is um, a private, a secret. Actually, I think in literal terms, it's called a secret Facebook group. Yes. where we um save all of our sort of um costume pictures and you know we might say what's the inspiration for um uh, the houses in the captain and the cricketer um we wanted to see the house that our dashing vet lived in and we can put it all there and it's just the immediate you can wire straight into the world of those people then yeah and it because it helps if i if like, catherine says to me often who are you seeing as this you know the person you're writing mm. and sometimes I sometimes I, I mean it often, it often just ends up being like well I, I look on like websites that sell tweed clothing often. <laughs> generic <laughs> tweed buying there might be somebody, an actor and going a bit like him but with a bit of a bit of when he this other actor was in such and such mm. like me a bit imagine mm. something like that and often sometimes it, it's difficult to say exactly who the person is in your head but sometimes yeah. it, sometimes it might be really obvious and like if you were a casting director you'd read it and go straight away ah but it's not it's necessarily intentional so and I think people (laughs) that know me (laughs) always zero in particularly on one particular actor Um, I'm not going into this it is (laughs) is it Donald Pleasance no it's neither (laughs) but they zero in on one particular actor and it's not because I would feel really really weird 
writing fiction about someone I'm friends with. Yeah. Uh, so it's they're in the right ballpark in terms of type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't always, I don't know about you, Helen, but I certainly don't always write a hero that I would find attractive. So Raph, I think, well, I know because there's a few friends of Raph, um, Raph is very attractive to some people. And he's mm-hmm. much more, if you like, liking an older chap. Um, I'm well aware of the fact that, it, particularly when I was growing up, when I was much younger, you know, in my 40s now, so it's not, you know, the gap's getting smaller between me and them. <laughs> when I was much younger, um, it was when you were 14 and you had crushes on people in their 40s and 50s, everyone else was, you know, fancying Tom Cruise and new kids on the block. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I, I have a certain type of man that I like, but Raph isn't that. You know, yeah. he's he he doesn't really tick any of the boxes, but he's I think I really like I really liked writing him because he's got I think quite an attractive character. Yeah, he's very, he's very earthy, and he's and he's I think mm. even for the for the lady in the book because it's a lady mm. in that book. A lady, it I, is. I think for her, she doesn't necessarily find him. She doesn't she doesn't go ooh switch woo as soon as he walks in the door. No, um, she says he's an imp of a man, but he <laughs> fascinates her and he's charming and lovely, and that's sort of how mm. they end up. And I think as well, it's it's almost that kind of accidental charm Mm. that he's not there looking, he's not there brooding, because as I think he says at one point, you know, angst and brooding, they're not him. Um, He's there to do a job and to, you know, literally dig a garden. I don't mean that as a double (laughs) entendre. To literally (laughs) dig a garden and get rid of something nasty in the woodpile. And that's all he's there for. Yeah. And it's one of those stories I really like that one. I like them all, but that one is very different for us because I think our others have been very def- definitely. It's a romance. Mm. Whereas that, um, it's it's a story about friendship first and foremost, I think, and about in terms of Cecily, someone who has been very um, shut away from the world mm. and has a very very small circle of friends at the school where she's you know she doesn't work. She's married to the headmaster, um, and she's been locked away. Yeah, and it's so it's about her discovering the world and also discovering herself and also kind of realizing that that she she has been put upon and she's been in put in a situation that she could not get out of. Partly, I mean, this is set in the early twentieth century, so mm. it's it's sort of around a period where where it was diff- it was more difficult for women than it is now um, mm. to get away from situations where you know you're meant to do this and you're meant to do that and and if and if you're t- if all your power's taken from you you're mm. deliberately not educated because your father is like you're going to be somebody's wife it's that situation that she can't get out of and then finds a key but the key mm. essentially is in herself but raf helps her find it I mm. think and i will say in case anyone's sort of listening to this aghast that we've not spoiled anything everything that we've said is going to be right there on the book blurb Yes. So we've not said anything that's, you know, blown a massive gap through it. <laughs> so, oh mean, no, we just ruined the end of a book. That we, <laughs> we just ruined the end and it's not even out yet. Um, but we haven't just ruined the end. But I think, um, yeah, and I think a lot of our stories are about that, actually. I mean, even the ones that you might go, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, you go, oh, it's just a love story. Mm. That they're usually, I don't have to put this without sounding a bit pretentious, but it's that moment of connection. Mm. and sometimes it's a moment of connection between as in the Cornish Christmas two people who were friends many years ago and have not grown apart as enemies but as we all do life's taken in different directions mm. or people you know Captain Thorne and Jack great examples like you know 
put into a situation, not by their doing, but it's it's the war, um, and just put into this situation where you could be dead tomorrow. Mm. And it's that moment of it's that moment of connection at which we've all had it. We all have it hundreds of times in our lives, not necessarily romantically, where you say this it's that moment of two paths. Yes. And the sensible path is that one. And the path that in terms of Jack and Thorn will lead lead to more, but it could also lead to tragedy and you know awful things happening and that's where the drama comes because as readers obviously or writers we push them down that path yeah you have to it's always quite funny when people complain about about stories and go why did they do that because it's a story yeah (laughs) if if it was just like two people and everything was fine Mm. it would be so boring it's funny you say that because we were watching a film the other night um and it's a thriller and i really like this film but rick wasn't sold on it and there was a moment, it's, it's um, I won't say the title because I don't want to be shady, mm. but it's somebody in a house getting an anonymous phone because one of those anonymous phone calls, like calls coming from inside the house type thing. And Rick said, well, why didn't she just, you know, pick up a, a something heavy or sharp and leave the house, go next door and tell them someone's menacing me? Mm. And I said, well, do you know what? That's what I do. But if she did that, this would be a two-minute film. Yeah, there'd be no story, would there? Yeah, it's like, there'd be no story. And we've all done that, you know. It's like when we watch... Well, I don't watch soap operas. I don't watch soap, but not like that, but, you know. Um, you watch a soap opera and you say, well, that's ridiculous. Why did they do that? Because it's a soap opera. Because there has to be an impetus for drama. And if we all go through life as we do, hopefully, mostly, not having a lot of drama, mm. then it's a nice life. It's a nice, calm life, but it's probably not a very exciting book. Yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> like today, you know, Catherine and Helen did a podcast and ate their tea, yeah. and the plumber came. Do we have any other questions from our our friends? Um, I I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I did write some down. Um, I I I think we've covered everything. I think we've been fairly thorough, actually. We've <laughs> given it a thorough going over. Thorough going over. But it put put it through, put us through our paces. <laughs> put you through your paces, Jack. That's Sorry, the James Mason. Captain that Thorne has taken possession. Captain Thorne with a very very bad James Mason impression. Because Catherine, <laughs> I put you through your paces, Jack. Do you know I was doing an impression of Fenella Fielding the other day after after rewatching Carry On Screaming, and I think I managed to make her sound like George from Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of mentioning on when I was at the Bath Jane Austen Festival interviewing Adrian that I could do an, um, a James Mason impression, and it actually ended with us both doing it. So apologies to people that had paid for a ticket <laughs> to watch me interview Mr. Wickham, and were treated instead to me and Adrian Lucas doing very bad James Mason impressions. So apologies. The creepy old man from Georgie Girl. <laughs> yeah, but we just made him sound like he... Well, to be fair, I'm not going to shade Adrian's because he's not here, but his wasn't that much better than mine. It was better, but he wasn't that much better. But it's, <laughs> it, you know... At least you weren't doing, like, Frank Spencer impressions. <laughs> oh, no, no. Today I've been bizarrely doing a Bruce Forsyth impression. I was trying to do a Dalek voice, but instead it sounded like Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that now. That's for another time. Yes, I think that's for another time. We could do a story about someone who does bad impressions. You see, look, ideas, ideas are waiting for you wherever you go. Mm. Don't I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone should wait for that one with bated breath. No, no. I've just got a feeling. Very good. That might be rather, rather pumped. 
It might be. And I think on what better place to end than on the word pants? Pants, indeed. Very so, British. Yes, yeah, so thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening in. <laughs> well done, those of you that got to the end. <laughs> yeah, I think you get some sort of endurance prize. <laughs> we'll be testing you on this at the end of the week. You get the pleasure of reading well books. There you go. That's what you yeah. get. Yeah. But you could get that anyway without soldiering to the end of it. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so anyway, so <laughs> insight and waffle and wisdom than Beowulf. Um. Yes. And are you going to let those two chaps up off your knee now? Yeah, my legs are going numb, actually. I think the time I got rid of them. Sorry. I think we're there numb. I might ask them to rub my legs, though. That would be nice. <laughs> oh, you've, you've just got an explicit filter. No, rub, rub my leg. Rub my leg. <laughs> rub my leg. Like like a, like, a, like a chiropractor. <laughs> uh, mm, mm. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, so um, thanks ever so for uh, <laughs> listening in. Um, uh, we also have to mention that the piece of music at the beginning is from a website called um, Purple Hyphen Planet. Is it dot com or dot co dot uk? Oh, is it? Uh, silence oh we were oh, so prepared. How prepared we are you see this is this is why you need a plot written out in advance. Com, dot com purpleplanet.com purple hyphen planet.com it's hyphen is in a dash you don't have to actually write h-y-p-h-e-n mm. just in thank case you for your excellent surf guitars yes thank you it sounds a bit like something by the the manics or david bowie we couldn't quite decide <laughs> <laughs> bye bye